This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are interviewing Ian Nash, who did some research into children's spirituality and how they connect their heads and their hearts together and how they think about God. Uh, We're going to answer the question that um, one of our parents uh, received, and she was passing it on to us. Um, Her child asked her, did God give me autism? And we um, have uh, someone coming in to answer that question, uh, who has a lot of wisdom, Uh, and also so I read a book. It's our books you don't have time to read section uh, where I'm going to be uh, looking at the book uh, Krish Kandaya's God is Stranger and uh, and saying what we as parents who are trying to help our kids meet no God, what can we uh, learn from that particularly about unwinding the mysterious God? Uh, but first, uh, I wanted to uh, just say that um, we have been doing some research into parenting as church leaders. Uh, everyone's parents situation is unique. Um, But if you are involved in church leadership, if you're a senior leader, if you're on staff, uh, if you're involved in the sort of running and coaching and development of a church, uh, you know that parenting in that context is a bit weird and different. And uh, and so we're running training days specifically for parents who are also church leaders. And if that's you, or if you know uh, someone at your church who's involved in church leadership, who is also a parent, we'd love for you to send them along on the training day. Go to the parentingforfaith.org website to find out more. Uh, But first, uh, let's talk about children's spirituality and how their heads and hearts connect. I want to introduce you to Ian Nash. Ian is the Messy Church Regional Coordinator for Buckinghamshire. Uh, he's also a children's pastor at Southcourt Baptist Church in Aylesbury. And he uh, and I connected because he was doing some academic research. He was doing his dissertation on children's spirituality and uh, did some really interesting uh, research with children. And I was fascinated with it. I read his dissertation and uh, I got in touch. We've gotten to spend some time together. And I thought I'd invite him on to talk about what he has discovered uh, about uh, how children think and emotionally process uh, the difference between the truth of what they're being taught about the Bible and their experience of God and how important is it for one to match the other. So, uh, Ian, thank you so much for being here and for uh, being willing to be interviewed for this. Uh, The first question I guess I have is why were you interested in doing this research? Well, ultimately, I wanted to find out more about how together her knowledge of God and our heart response towards him impact how children learn about and respond to God on their journey of faith. And the reason for this particular area of children's faith development that interested me was because of my own experiences I had in my own faith journey. Um, I grew up in a church environment where the Bible played a significantly important role in giving me knowledge about God. I knew all the words to the classic children's songs, such as Jesus love is very wonderful and wide, wide is the ocean. I knew where to find the key Bible stories and I knew the books of the Bible off by heart um, in exact order, actually. However, when I made a decision to follow Christ at nine years of age, it was a decision based 
purely on what I knew and not what I had experienced. And it became quite apparent later on as I went through my teenage years uh, and I was becoming more exposed to prayer, to worship, uh, tougher life experiences, that although I knew the truths about God, these experiences certainly didn't match up to what I had been taught. I had the head knowledge, but not the experience of a relationship with God to make the, heart, the right heart response. Uh, reading the chapter about tying together truth and experience in your book, Parenting for Faith, helped to begin to unlock some things I was missing and helped to answer some questions I had begun to form, such as, does, God ex uh, does experiencing God come later on in life? Can children know and experience God before knowing about him? Um, are knowledge and experience two separate things or do they actually go hand in hand? Or even was I wrong just to accept what I was told before I had the chance to make up my own mind based on how I felt? And from there, my research project was born, really. I'm sure you did loads of research. There, there are many people who have postulated theories of children's spiritual development, like Westerhoff and things. Uh, but I really wanted to uh, get down to the, the nitty gritty of, of you decided that you didn't just want to read about children's faith development. You wanted to sit with children and ask them questions and really find out how they thought and perceived God and, and what their experience was. Tell us a bit about uh, the research that you did with the children. Well, there's a great chapter in the Parenting for Faith book that talks about unwinding wrong views of God and that we need to use perception first and good listening skills to fully understand where children are coming from. If we can see with our own eyes how children act, behave and display emotion, then we might stand a better chance of understanding what it is they might tell us. In my research, I gave children uh, a sheet of A4 paper folded into four sections. On each section was an opportunity for them to write or draw their thoughts and feelings about what they had heard in the children's work session that morning. And I asked the following questions. What did you find out today about God that you never knew before? What questions did you have about God from this morning? What have you learnt about yourself today? And what have you learnt about God today? Then these were very intentionally open questions that would allow the children to think, feel and express what they had thought and what questions they had. I then used that as a basis to have a conversation with the children. Even in the conversation, I tried to use open questions, asking them what they thought, although it was so tempting to just jump in with my own opinion. And once I had listened to the children talk, I, this gave us a platform then to look at the Bible and try and anchor their experiences and questions in truth. So what did you find out after having walked away from the research? What do you feel you discovered about uh, children's faith and how truth and experience tie together? I found out that children absolutely can have a very real experience with God at a young age, particularly when we started to chat about such topics as God, does God change his mind? God has a still small voice. What is heaven like? The beginning and end of time, doing right and doing wrong. Is God a punishing God? Does God have miraculous powers? 
it was interesting to see how quickly the children put these things into context through something that had happened to them or how they felt. And this was the lens in which they viewed God. I also learned that knowledge and experience do not come in any particular order. And in fact, they go hand in hand and anchor each other. If we have knowledge, it is important to make sure that we give intentional space for children to experience God through situations in their everyday lives. In the same way, if children have an experience, we need to anchor that in the truth we find in God's word. And I actually became a bit upset after doing the research because as I reflected, I realised that I too had probably had lots of experiences of God, but somehow had missed the feeling of living of a living relationship with God and felt I had never been given the space to explore what all this knowledge I had really felt like in reality. And even to this day, um, I struggle to really hear what God is saying. I find it challenging to be in an environment where, say, for example, the Holy Spirit is moving or even to pray and let the feelings of my situations, whether joy or pain, come to the fore. And I think this this links back to missing the chance to respond to these experiences uh, when I was younger. I mean, don't hear me wrong. Uh, I'm extremely grateful for being brought up in a Christian family and for the grounding I was given in the word. But just imagine how much stronger my faith could have been throughout my informative years as a teen and young adult had I have grasped hold of the opportunity to marry up truth and experience. Ian, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on this. I think as parents, it's really important that that it's not just what happens in children's ministry, but this is something that that we all can take away from this this challenge to see that our kids need both the the biblical truth that God's smartness that we're trying to give them, but also the actual experience of God, the time to be with God and to learn what it's like to genuinely talk to him and wait for his communications back and to learn that process so that when they hear about God's love or truth or peace, that it's not just something that they know in their heads, but they actually have a chance to come to God and say, God, give me your peace and God, I need your love. But also, and I love what Ian was saying about missing out on times where God probably was communicating with him and he he didn't have that grounding, uh, that real rigor of observation that we can have as parents parents to to be like you know Eli in the Bible where he could spot that God was doing something in the life of Samuel and say hey that's God and that um, that ability for us parents to say hey I really noticed you got peaceful right after we prayed I love how God's peace comes and being able to name the truth behind our children's experience with God really helps this tying together of truth and experience thank you so much Ian for bringing that uh, Parents, have a go. Just this week, uh, begin to notice what God's doing in the life of your kid and name it and begin to think maybe we can create a little bit more space for us to come to God and ask for him to give us an experience of the things that we've been learning about. Have a good week. For this week's question, uh, a parent very graciously sent in a question that she had received from her child. uh, And the question that her kid asked her was, did God make me with autism? 
And I thought that was such a profound question uh, that I wanted to get someone in who really has done a lot of thinking on this. His name is Mark Arnold. He is the Additional Needs Ministry Director for Urban Saints. He's the co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance. He uh, he also has this great blog, the Additional Needs Godfather, I think. No, it's the Additional Needs Blogfather. <laughs> That's clever. The Additional Needs Blogfather. He's also an experienced parent of a child uh, with autism and epilepsy and other things. And so we asked him this question, and this is his answer. Did God make me with autism? This question was recently asked by an eight-year-old autistic boy to his parents. It's a hard question to answer, but let's give it a go. Maybe a good starting point is to consider whether God makes all of us as we are. Are we all made by God in his image? And what does that mean? Well, in Genesis 1, we read that God said, let us make human beings so that they are like us. Later in the Psalms, we see that God creates each of us individually. You created the deepest parts of my being. You put me together inside my mother's body. How you made me is amazing and wonderful. I praise you for that. What you have done is wonderful. I know that very well. So we are indeed all made in God's image, individually, perfectly, amazingly, wonderfully. Does that include autistic children? Yes, it includes everyone. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't screw up and make second-rate people. The Bible passages we've read apply to everyone. It is because God makes each of us individually that there is such wonderful diversity in the world. Autism is a neurodiversity, a difference in the way that the brain works, in the way that it's wired. An autistic person experiences and understands the world differently to a neurotypical person. So what can life be like for autistic children? Why is it sometimes hard? Well, perhaps this is the question beneath the question that the autistic child was trying to ask his parents. If God made me this way, why is life sometimes hard for children like me? Is God cruel to have made me this way? Now, God isn't cruel, but God also doesn't promise any of us an easy life. He recognises, as we should, that we live in a fallen, broken world and that bad stuff happens. Autistic children can find it hard to be understood and to understand themselves. They can be put through really difficult, frightening and ultimately fruitless therapies to try and cure them of autism as if it's a disease to be eradicated. They can be bullied, abused, locked away in mental health referral units. None of this is from God. None of this is his will. But he doesn't stop these things from happening either. To do so would mean that we would all be just puppets with no free will of our own to choose to do good or to do evil. However, he does promise that we will never struggle alone, that he will always be with us. Be strong and brave. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. The Lord your God will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never desert you, it says in Deuteronomy. And he also wants the very best life for us that we can live on this earth, a life following him and making the right choices. I've come so that they may have life. I want to have it in the fullest possible way, Jesus says in the Gospel of John. So what does living life in the fullest possible way look like for an autistic child? Well, as each of us, each child is uniquely made, then the answer to that question will be different for each one of us. 
but perhaps what can bring together the experience of every child, whether they are autistic or not, is the love of God being lived out in their lives and in the lives of those that surround them. If an autistic child is loved and celebrated for who they are, instead of them being forced to change into someone they are not. If an autistic child is included, welcomed, helped to belong. If an autistic child is given the tools and encouragement they need to engage with and explore the world in their own way, then they can perhaps live life in the fullest possible way. Maybe what we need to think about, the question that we should ask ourselves, is what can we do to create an environment where everyone has life and life in all its fullness? What do we all need to do to enable everyone, each unique, individual, handcrafted, wonderfully made child of God, to thrive, to enjoy life, to be all that they can be? Well, we're left with the answer to that question in the scriptures too, because the answer is love. Love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't want what others, what belongs to others. It does not brag, it's not proud, it does not dishonour other people, it doesn't uh, look after its own interests, it's not easily angered, it does not keep track of other people's wrong. Love is not happy with evil, but it's full of joy when the truth is spoken. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it never gives up. Love never fails. Did God make me with autism? The eight-year-old boy asked. Yes, he did. He made you perfectly. He made you wonderfully. He knew that things can be hard for you and he's right there with you. He loves you and he wants those around you to love you too. And he wants you to love him. for faith, we talk about unwinding wrong views of God. Essentially, our children uh, are trying to piece together who God is using all the information they have in their own experience. And it's our job to help coach them in that. Uh, and if you want to know more about that, go to the parentingforfaith.org website uh, under key tools, and you'll see stuff on unwinding there. Uh, and we talk about unwinding different kinds of views. There's a thousand bajillion different ways uh, for our views of God to get warped. And one of those ways is um, this overemphasis on the mysterious God, that, that God is completely and totally unknowable and he's mysterious and chaotic and he does what he wants and he goes around, you know, giving people cancer and taking them away before their time. And, and, uh, and who knows, he may move you to China tomorrow. He's mysterious. Uh, and, uh, and our kids can sometimes fall into that trap of just not understanding who God is and how, um, and just thinking he's this mysterious, chaotic, untrustable being. Uh, and so we talk about how to unwind that. Uh, and what can happen sometimes is that when we go in the reverse direction, we go, oh, we don't want God to be too mysterious and unknowable. So we'll swing all the way over into God is completely, totally knowable. And uh, it's just all come right in this book. And it's just really easy. If you just read the Bible, then you'll know God. And uh, we take away all of his mystery sometimes with kids. And uh, and finding that middle ground between God's mystery and God's um knowability, if that's a word, uh, is really uh, a difficult one to find. And Krish Kandaya wrote a great book about this. Now, um, I was going to say this is our segment, Books You Don't Have Time to Read, but 
<laughs> it seems that every time I do this segment, I'm basically saying this would be worth reading. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to give you a flavor of it. So when you're like, oh, I have so much extra time and brain space, I could read a book. I would suggest you do this one. It is called God is Stranger. What happens when God turns up? It's by Krish Kandaya. Uh, I'm going to be honest here. I am a Krish Kandaya fan. He is uh, the director, founder, uh, grand poobah of uh, Home for Good. Uh, but also he's a excellent theologian and a really engaging book writer. Uh, and uh, I got to speak at the Home for Good conference and he came up and shook my hand and I totally fangirled it. So <laughs> he shook my hand and, I, and he said something. And for the life of me, I have no idea what he said because I was like, Krishkan is in front of me and is shaking my hand. Uh, so I don't know. He may have asked me a question. I, I think I just smiled like an idiot and nodded and he walked away and I was like, so uh, a man who's incredibly wise shook my hand. So I'm sure that hand will type out very wise things next time I am typing anything. Uh, so um, I don't know. I've just gone on a how amazing Krishkandaya side attack is. Yes. Uh, unwinding wrong views of God. The mysterious thing. His book really is, uh, is about challenging the simple and straightforward story that we sometimes tell ourselves that, you know, you become a Christian and life with God will always make sense and feel fluffy. Uh, And he's saying that God is stranger than we even think he is. And he goes through different stories in the Bible, allowing our natural questions um, to be voiced. And I find it an incredibly brave and wonderful book because he sort of goes through all these stories that we sort of skip over, you know, in the sort of like, I'm just gonna take this for its face value and not really question too much because there's a lot of stuff I don't understand in this story. And he just dives straight into these stories and is like, what about this? And what about that? And it is it is so fascinating because I feel like it's such a brave book and an, a necessary book to go into the stranger, um, the aspects of, of God being different and thinking different than and in being different than what we expect him to be. And understanding that through scripture. And I find it really useful. For instance, uh, uh, his chapter titles are great. So he talks about Abraham and the stranger, the God who turns up out of the blue, in which an old refugee invites three strangers for dinner and gets more than he bargained for. And we see that trusting God is never as simple as it seems. And he goes straight for it. He voices basically every um, question that I found I've ever asked about these things, like, is God unjust? In this chapter, is God unjust? Um, is God still there during the tough times or has a stranger hijacked the controls? If God himself is that stranger, how on earth is he to be trusted with the leadership of our lives? Why does he make himself so unrecognizable? I mean, great questions. And he then, because he's a very wise man, uh, helps answer those and helps us find a path forward when we don't understand God. And uh, if that's something that you um, are struggling with or your child is struggling with, um, this is a really good book to um, help us center our hearts and find um, find what God is saying in the midst of that mystery and yet no ability. And how do we position ourselves in the midst of it? Um, uh, He refers in the beginning uh, about how... He wished that when he was a child, someone would 
have framed for him the complexity of a life in connection with God, um, the stranger that is also our friend. Uh, and I, I thought that was an interesting question. I think he was sort of saying he wanted someone to sit him down and say, it's not always going to be easy. And, uh, and I think while that's not helpful for us to lay out as an expectation for our child, it is important for our kids to know that that is part of life with God on earth is figuring that out. And so how do we do this? Um, One is we can frame for our kids really good expectations of God connection to be able to say as our kids go through life, you know, you may feel super connected and like you're walking around and God's hand is on your back and you can just connect with what he's communicating to you every moment of every day. And there are times where you may struggle to understand and you may feel that that hand on your back is gone and and you may um, be struggling to find where God is in a moment. And all of that is normal. We see all of that in scripture. Um, And what we do in response to that is cling to what we know and who he is and what he has done and know these truths and trust, trust that we will come through this and that he is still there and, and to enable our kids to know that that is a part of life with God um, is really important because otherwise when they hit that bump, when they go, gosh, I have no idea what God is saying. I just cannot find him right now. Um, that they don't think, well, he's abandoned me or that they then fill in a theology around it, that we can front load for them an understanding of who God is in those times because we see that all through scripture. Uh, a God who who defies expectations sometimes, and how do we cope with that, and how do we deal with that, and who is he when that is happening? Uh, The other thing that I think is really helpful in this is the power of questioning, Um, to open up great questions and to be able to ponder these questions and talk about them and seek scripture in them and converse with others about, I'm not sure why God would do this in the Bible or why he would do this in my life, and to have those discussions, those fascinating, strengthening conversations that community enables us to do. Um, it's so important. I just wanted to encourage you, don't be afraid of the unexplainable. Um, in the course, we say that um, you anchor what you can and and acknowledge what you don't know and talk through how you see God in it. Unwinding a mysterious, unknowable God uh, is about is about helping our kids understand how huge God is. And yet what we can anchor ourselves in, that we can um, walk step by step with him, finding him every day, a, a healthy, centered view of a mysterious and yet knowable God, a God who is both a stranger and a friend. And if you want some help in figuring this out, I would really recommend God is Stranger, What Happens When God Turns Up, Krish Kandaya. Today's question to get an interesting conversation started with your kid is, do you think that there is life on other planets? If so, did Jesus die for them too? Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.